All right, Hope students, welcome back for one other edition. Ready? Uh, Matt's not actually the last one, but I just want I just wanted to emphasize that we have another one because the hits keep coming. You know what I'm saying? So, Matt, welcome. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> so, uh, here's the question. You know, you know, we 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 do an intro question. Here's the question. If you had to meet any celebrity and you could do any activity with them, what celebrity would it be and what activity would you do? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, okay, well, the cheating answer would be Jesus because he's a celebrity, but I won't cheat. I'll say uh, Chris Martin, who is the lead singer of Coldplay, my mm. favorite band. Um, literally would just love to sit down with him and pick his brain because I love like a lot of his lyrics kind of point towards this bigger meaning to life that he doesn't really, I think necessarily grasp, um, cause you know, he's not, um, open about his faith or anything, but I would just love to pick his brain and just see like what comes from, um, his music and like what part of that, um, or where in his heart that comes from, because I've always just been so curious. I'm like, you get it, but it's, I don't know. Something really speaks to me in that, but I know it's it's just the human condition that we all have, so I just love to pick his brain. Just sit down and get coffee or something. I don't drink coffee, but I'd do it if I could talk to him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you would take up coffee for Chris Martin. Of course. <laughs> all right. Well, um, Matt, you can go ahead and take it away. All right. Uh, so today I'm going to be talking about identity and Jesus, um, which is kind of a Christian-y term. Uh, we don't really always fully grasp what that means. Just to kind of dumb it down a little bit, um, I would say it's the essence of what makes you who you are or the things that really define you. Uh, so for me, uh, growing up, I would say... We'll, we'll pin my age at like anywhere between 12 and 16. Um, my identity, if I could draw a pie chart, uh, here's what the slices of the pie would look like. So about 10% was Jesus. And that was because I kind of grew up with a religious background and I was pretty involved in my youth group at the church I used to go to. Um, I did like choir and musicals and stuff because, you know, I was just a bundle of fun. Um, and I would kind of pray at the dinner table, you know, when my parents asked me to, stuff like that. Sometimes I pray before I go to bed um, and just ask for like a, a new Xbox or something. I, I didn't really know what that meant to pray, but I would, I would say Jesus was a part of my life, um, at least to that small extent, that small 10% sliver. Uh, and then going to like 15%, I would attribute that to uh, friends just kind of the pursuit of popularity, um, whatever that looked like. And that sliver of 15% was bigger than my 10% of Jesus. So that would sort of overshadow that. Uh, so that meant if my friends were asking me to do something that sort of challenged my faith or went against it, uh, that was more important to me, uh, just pleasing them versus uh, pleasing God. So I would tend to do stuff that sort of leaned towards just being a people pleaser, whether that meant me being really stupid and crazy or something like that. Uh, but that definitely just overshadowed uh, Jesus in my life. And then 
uh, a big sliver, 25%, was sports. I grew up playing, like, every sport, just really wanted to be good at them because I thought it would gain me a lot of, like, popularity and attention. That's going to be kind of a recurring theme. Uh, but I stuck with lacrosse. I ended up being okay at that uh, just throughout middle school, played it in high school. Um, and that was just something that I really found a lot of identity in. So I would skip like hanging with friends or going to church or doing whatever if it meant I could go to practice or go to the gym and just get better because I thought that that would earn me a lot of worth. So that was just what I did. Um, then I would put, right now we're at 50%. Right now I'd put another 15% at grades, which takes us to 65. Uh, so grades for me, I grew up, you know, relatively smart, um, just in middle school, being in the advanced classes or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I took a lot of pride in that. I was, you know, that one kid in class that's like, what'd you get on the test? And you tell them and they're like, oh, well, I got an 100. Um, that was me. I was that guy. So yeah, was was pretty annoying about it. But I thought it meant that people were really, really going to like me because I thought I was some kind of genius. So um, again, another part of my identity. So there's 35% left. All of that huge part is going to go to girls. Uh, I really pursued girls, uh, especially like later on in middle school, early in high school. Uh, because to me, if, if you got a girlfriend, like you'd made it, um, you like would have a bunch of new friends cause your girlfriend had friends and all of your friends would think like you're really popular. And as sad as it is to say, like it, it didn't really matter to me, like what the girl was feeling or even like who she was. It was kind of the fact of if my friends thought that, um, like she was cute or something and I would appear more cool or attractive if I dated this girl, um, that was who I was going to go after. And it sucks. I mean, that's super wrong, but again, just part of my identity that really overshadowed Jesus and the right thing to do. So that brings us to a hundred percent. Um, and that's kind of, a not, you know, exact picture of my identity, but generally that's what it looked like, um, especially on the outside. And the thing about 90% of that, um, you know, minus the 10% that's Jesus, 90% of that was selfish. Um, and what I mean by that is it was me centered. It was for my attention, uh, to increase my worth or anything along that line, just very self-centered, uh, very prideful in the most basic sense. So, Think about those things, um, pretty much anything in life that you'll find you want to be selfish for is going to fall apart. And that's not uh, some, you know, mystical revelation I'm having. That's just life. I mean, we all know that life is is hard and you're going to lose stuff like that. So um, I'll kind of break it down how each each piece of that selfishness sort of had to fall away. So back to friends. Um, when I got to high school, like really early on, uh, I had this friend group and they were the kids that I would do anything to please. Like I would try to be funny. And if that meant being mean to other people, that was what it meant. Um, if it meant doing things my parents didn't really want me to do, or especially what God didn't want me to do, um, that was okay. Cause I just wanted to please them. And then I guess one day they just kind of decided, um, I just wasn't that funny. And they sort of saw through the whole act I was putting on, um, trying to please them. And, just kind of draw all the attention to myself. And as soon as they kind of started to see right through me, um, that kind of led to me lashing out. And all of a sudden, it's like I get kicked out of group chats. I stop getting invited to stuff. Um, and I'm pretty much left with uh, very little real friends. So that part of me sort of dropped off real quick in high school. 
um, going to sports, I was well enough an athlete in high school. Um, I did okay. I mean, I saw the field and everything, but I really just wanted to be the best. Like to me, I, I couldn't settle for being like the, the third or fourth best. I had to be the best because like I had to get the most attention out of it and the most um, self-fulfillment. So, you know, I get to high school and these younger kids come up that are complete beasts um, at lacrosse basically and just completely outplay me. And to me, you know, a prideful guy that just like hurt. Um, and then I started getting injuries, started seeing the bench a lot more than I saw the field. And that was just tough. So that that whole like sports identity that I had, that just kind of disappeared uh, throughout the course of high school too. So um, that took away a couple big chunks of me. Uh, even going to grades, I was you know still doing okay with grades in high school. I am just a hard worker by nature. But even then, I just still wanted to be the best. Like I, if if I wasn't a valedictorian, I wasn't legit. So um, you know I get. The high school, it gets a lot more competitive at Deep Run. If any of y'all go there or know about the school, it's the Center for Information Technology. So they're just these wizard computer geniuses there um, and all other kinds of geniuses. So I get there and I get pretty exposed because, you know, I'm not the highest in my class by any means. Um, and the top 10 get called up at graduation and I'm not one of those names. So that that's pretty tough. Um, and there goes that part of my identity. Uh, so really all we're left with now that, that huge chunk, that 35% of girls. And I'm like, well, if you do the math now, it's that 35 plus still that 10 of Jesus. So I'm, I'm like 45%, so like less than half of a person. So life is going pretty bad right now. But, uh, you know, good news, I get this girlfriend in high school. Um, and for me, I'm like, okay, I, I got this. Like I could hang on to this and it'll be okay. Um, so because I'm so uncomfortable with being you know, less than half of a person at this point, basically, I decide, oh, well, maybe it's okay if I push this 35% to 90% to fill myself um, and just make my girlfriend basically my entire identity. Um, and that meant pushing emotional boundaries, pushing physical boundaries, pushing things that she absolutely wasn't ready for, that I wasn't ready for, um, really committing myself to something that was not meant to happen. Um, you know, at this age, especially really outside the, um, like a serious dating relationship, just stuff really went downhill with that. And, you know, when your girlfriend is 90% of your identity, she kind of starts to realize quick that you're a little crazy. So, um, long story short, I get dumped and I'm like, crap. <laughs> um, like I pretty much everything I put my identity in at that point was my girlfriend. And when that disappeared, I'm like 10% of a person left. And if you've been there, um, to explain what 10% of a person looks like, because I know some listeners have probably been there. It's that point in your life where you're like sitting in bed and you're like, I just don't want to get up. I have no reason to get up. I just, you start saying things like, I don't even know I exist. Like, I just don't feel like going on with life anymore. And that's a really tough place. Um, so it doesn't really end there for me. If it did, um, I would, I don't know where I would be, but um, Jesus comes in and his grace and with that 10% that I had, I feel like he spoke to me and a lot of friends spoke to me and were like, yo, if you only give Jesus 10%, you'll never be a full person. You'll never met the, you'll never live the full life that Jesus meant for you to live. Um, so really through his grace alone, um, not by any of my work, uh, I was started to be filled um, with this picture 
of Jesus being 100%. And that wasn't all at once. That was, I would say, over the course of a year. Um, and it was, you know, spiritually wise friends and people at Hope, um, just mentors, adults, things like that. But all in all, through the work of Jesus, that emptiness that I felt, I filled um, with Jesus. And that was something that was unselfish for me. It wasn't about me. It was what Jesus wanted to do for me, um, not something that I wanted to do for myself. And that was, again, that was all grace. But um, being filled like that just changed my life. I mean, if you knew me three years ago and you know me now, you see it clear as day. Um, but it's crazy. The amount of just love that came into my life, um, all the ways I've changed, it's been really incredible. Um, and that's all because I got to let go of pride and Jesus got to come in and give me grace. And that's just incredible to me. I mean, I could rant on about it for hours, but this is a, a time-limited podcast. So, um, yeah, just just really crazy. And because Jesus became my 100%, pretty much, my identity, um, really just the whole picture of me and it being my identity sort of went away. And now my desire is really for it to be Jesus's identity and what it looks like to live for him and walk with him. And that's not just me. I mean, we all will struggle with that and, and try to do that. Um, and sometimes life isn't going to look like that, and we'll put our identity in other things still because of our, our sinful tendencies. But um, Jesus will always meet us there in his grace and say, hey, I can still always be your 100% and be your everything. And I know that it's my desire. It's the desire of my fellow interns and uh, my bosses who are really more my friends than my bosses. Um, and just everybody that I met that's really encountered Jesus, they say, I want him to be my everything because that's what he offers us. And I think that's what we were created to be, um, for Jesus to be our everything. So just that being said, uh, in conclusion, uh, when Jesus is your everything, life is radically full. And that's what Jesus comes to say. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the fountain of life. And that's not just a part of the life, not just a part of the way of life. He is life. So he was never meant to be this, this box in the back of your closet that you pull out every now and then and look at because it feels nice. Now, he was meant to be your life. And if you hold on to that, and I think if you really believe Jesus is my identity, Jesus is my life, your life can be radically changed and live to the fullest. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll wrap it up for me, Chris. Matt, thank you so much. Uh, as someone who has been around Hope for about four years now, I've kind of seen you in and out. Last year's when you kind of really stepped up, well, I guess two years ago, is when you really started like stepping up at Hope and taking on more stuff. And then last year, uh, you were away at college as your first summer back. But the difference in your senior year to where I see you this year has been incredible. So it's not just you coming and talking and putting on a performance. It's real life. And God has clearly done something. And I think that can be a really powerful story for those people who truly take it in of here's a real example of someone who has clearly been changed by the works that God is doing in their lives and their hearts. So just thanks for being that story, that person, that inspiration and uh, doing it all. So appreciate you. Love you, my bro. Love and uh, I think hope students, I think that's it for uh, this podcast. So Matt, thanks again. Listeners, thank you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.